0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD Farag. This contrast between the one who
1: receives instruction, who is teachable, and conversely, one who does not. They hate correction, they hate instruction, and they depart from the truth and they do so to their own peril. And quite frankly, in the words of God's word, they are stupid. And I think that is an apt
0: description of the church today. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of First Timothy. Do you have a humble and teachable spirit? As you listen to today's message from Pastor J.D., he shares with you the importance of being able to receive instruction and correction from the Lord. Sadly, many can become prideful and self-reliant. As a servant of God, Pastor J.D. encourages you to stay teachable. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Today we are going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and our text will be verses 1 through 6. The Apostle Paul is writing and by the Holy Spirit says, verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in later times, the last days, Some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry, verse 3, and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So enjoy that pork chop. That's not in the original. (laughs) Verse (laughs) 6. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you followed. I want to talk with you today about the church in the last days, specifically concerning the departure from the truth. Sadly, one need look no further than to the condition of the church today to see that it fits the description of the church in the last days. And that's what I want to talk about Today I'm going to start with the last verse in our text today, verse 6. As Paul tells Timothy, interestingly, to point these things out as a good minister of Christ. And certainly I want to be a good minister of Christ. Let me read verse 6 just real quick. If you point these things out, and I want to highlight that, because Paul does not say, if you straighten these things out, and that's key, and that takes the pressure off, quite frankly. It's not for me to try to straighten it out, it's only for me to point this out. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Now what's interesting about that is there's this departure from following the truth, a departure from the truth, and instead a following of demons, doctrines of demons. And that is what Paul is saying here. Now it's important to understand that Timothy was a very young pastor dealing with very big problems in the church there in Ephesus. And as such, Paul is both encouraging him and instructing him as to what's happening and perhaps more importantly why It's happening in and to the church. And certainly this is a prophetic passage speaking of the last days which we've been in for the last 2,000 years. A thousand years for us is as one day to the Lord. These are the last days. And it's certainly going to, as we'll see later in this epistle to Timothy, there are coming perilous times in the last days. And then we have a grocery list, as it were, that describes the condition of the church, that will mark the church of the last days. And so he's starting now, talking to Timothy, and really there are two reasons that he writes about, that explain, not excuse, but explain why it is that in the last days, the church would abandon the truth. The first one is in verses 1 and 2, and it's that of seared consciences. Here, Paul says that the Holy Spirit revealed this to him. The Spirit expressly says, clearly says, how in the last days some would depart from the truth, and follow these deceptive spirits. He then says that those demonic teachings are going to come through hypocritical liars. Interesting, that's deliberate. They're deliberately lying and deceiving, and the reason is, is because their consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. In other words, all the nerve endings are dead. There's no sensitivity to the truth. It's been seared. They don't, they don't have any sense. And the reason that's important is because it indicates that there was this process in which they callously stiffen their necks and harden their hearts to the truth. That's what Paul is describing here. Proverbs 29.1 says, Whoever remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. This is describing many a church today and today. Sad to say, the pastors of those churches who have abandoned the truth, lost confidence in the Word of God, and they followed after these doctrines of demons. And over a process of time, their hearts, their minds have become calloused and hardened, and so there's no nerve endings. There's no sensitivity. They've been desensitized, if you will. Proverbs 12.1, this is one of my favorite Proverbs. I think you'll see why here in a moment. It says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's why I like it. Yes, stupid is in the Bible. In all seriousness, this is serious. Because what it's describing is this contrast between the one who receives instruction, who is teachable, and conversely, one who does not. They hate correction. They hate instruction. And they depart from the truth and they do so to their own peril. And quite frankly, in the words of God's word, they are stupid. And I think that is an apt description of the church today. Here's the second one. It's in verses 3 through 5, and it's that of legalism. And I'll take it further and suggest that it's also liberalism. Legalism and liberalism are the two wings on the crashing plane of the last day's church. I know that Arabs should not use airplane examples and illustrations, but that's the best one I've got. If you've got a better one, let me know afterwards. What Paul is saying here is that these people have postured themselves as the ones to impose a strict set of legal requirements, and they do so under the banner of being regarded as more spiritual than others by virtue of being perceived as winning more favor from God. And if this weren't bad enough, this legalism at its root, at its core, arrogantly obligates God to be the debtor, which is nothing less than satanic spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. Spiritual pride incapacitates one's ability to receive truth as one fancies themselves the arbiter of truth and the only ones with truth and they are self-deceived. Deceived people deceive people. And that's what Paul is saying here. This will mark the last day's church. They will be deceived and in turn deceive, and they will lead others astray as they depart from the truth. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the greatest dangers we as the church today face in these last days, this would be it. And if you'll kindly allow me to, I'll explain as we focus on this for the remainder of our time together. And I wanted to leave enough time, because I think that the Lord has a word for us today. And really a word of encouragement. Don't be discouraged. Yes, this is the condition of the church in the last days, but that's just it. That means you're in the last days. This is (laughs) another sign if you will, of the Lord soon return in the rapture of the church. I want to tackle this tough topic concerning apostasy. And by apostasy I mean this last day's departure from the truth and sound doctrine of the Word of God by many a church today and again, this is the fulfillment prophetically of what the church in the last days would become. It's almost like God wants us to be apprised of this so we're not blindsided by this. Because if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, this can really <laughs> take you back and, you know, come as a, Surprise when you see the condition of the church today. When you see major denominations and leaders and pastors of these denominations taking a pronounced stand for Black Lives Matter, who summons up demons and get their marching orders from demons. And what they're doing, and we talked about this in the update, the destruction that ensues is unthinkable. And you have a pastor standing for Black Lives Matter. It's like God saying, I told you that this was going to come. That they would depart from the truth, and they would follow after these doctrines of demons. It's happening. Don't be surprised. It is what it is again. Would you join me in Revelation chapter 3? I love the book of Revelation. I want to begin reading in verse 14, and we'll read through to verse 22. So in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, we have seven letters that John was told by Jesus to write. These are literal letters that were sent to literal churches known in that day as Asia Minor, modern day it's known as Turkey. These are churches in those cities. You can go visit the remains of those cities modern day. I wouldn't recommend it right now, just you know saying, but um, <laughs> presupposes you can even get there. I digress. But these are seven churches in seven cities. And Jesus has John write to these seven churches at that time that would paint this prophetic picture in our time in the last days. And this last seventh of the seven churches, the church of Laodicea, is a prophetic picture of the condition of the church today. And there are some details here that I would like for us to look at and talk about. Verse 14, right out of the chute. This is interesting. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Right. Why is that interesting? Because the six churches prior, it's not to the angel of the church of Ephesus. It's to the to the angel of the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, to the angel of the church in Sardis, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, Pergamos, Pergamum, Philadelphia. But when he gets to this church of Laodicea, he says, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. It's not even my church. Remember now, this is the one, as we'll see in a moment, where he's standing on the outside knocking to get back in. He's not even inside anymore. And you know what's really interesting? Laodicea is a combination of two English words, laity and diocese, or rule, or decision. In other words, this seventh church, this church of Laodicea, is a church that is calling their own shots. They're making all the decisions. The laity decide. The laity rule. Jesus is not in his rightful place on the throne at the center of this church. He's on the outside wanting to come back in. These things says the Amen, the faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, verse 16, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You make me sick to my stomach. You know what's interesting about this? Laodicea was located close in proximity to another city there in modern-day Turkey called Hierapolis. We read about it in the book of Acts. Hierapolis, actually, again, you could go there today, the most magnificent and spectacular hot springs, natural hot springs. I mean, unbelievable. You can go online if you want and look at photos of these natural hot springs in Hierapolis. So here's Laodicea, right? They don't have those hot springs, but what they do have is a lot of money. It's a very wealthy church, as we're going to see here in a moment. So you know what they did? They built these sophisticated and elaborate water systems to bring the hot springs from Hierapolis into Laodicea. Why not? They could afford it. But here's the problem. By the time that hot water got to Laodicea, it wasn't hot anymore. It was lukewarm. Ah, that's what he's saying here. And they would have gotten that Oh, my goodness. They were like, oh, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. You know, when you're thirsty and you, you drink lukewarm water. No, I don't want lukewarm water. I want cold, ice cold water. But no, you're not even that. You know how when? Well, of course, here in Hawaii, we don't really relate so much to it. But when I lived on the mainland, there were some really cold days. And nothing nothing like a nice, hot cup of coffee. Lukewarm coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry for the silliness of the illustration, but I think you get the point. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. Now verse 17, it gets even more interesting. He says, because you say... I am rich. Laodicea at the time was the banking center of the known world. Extremely wealthy. Have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you. He's talking to a church. I counsel you, verse 18, to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Interesting to note Laodicea in that day was known as the fashion capital of the world. And so he's talking about, you think you've got the latest and greatest of of fashions and clothing? You're naked. And it was also on the cutting edge of medical uh, breakthroughs, specifically in the area of the eyes. And that's why he says, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Now picture this church. I, I imagine in my Mind's eye, this, I mean, going, growing, glowing church, hip church. You can't find parking. Get there early. The greeters, come on in, just as you are. Ah, you don't need your Bible. And you sit, and they've got the coolest worship. I mean, smoke machines, man, because we can afford it. Oh, no, by the way, just... uh As a side note, don't expect the pastor to get up there and preach the word. Because we don't want to offend anybody. So we just want you to come. We want everybody to feel welcome. Hey, all lives matter. Black lives matter. Yellow lives matter. Purple lives matter. Not eternal lives matter. And you can sit in a church like this a Laodicean, lukewarm church. You can sit in that church and you can leave and feel good about yourself. Because there's no
0: conviction. There's no truth. It's a lie. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family is a source of support comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of First Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship. Fellowship and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study the wisdom from the book of First Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.